when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. What's going on and welcome to the Soto Podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm here, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Bye. With Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm good. <laughs> uh, how are you? How are you today? I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. You know, baseball's back. Uh, yep. We actually have games and whatnot to talk about, so yep. it's uh, it's hard to complain, man. The weather here, central Washington, is supposed to get up to 60 degrees today. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, not it's not too bad right now. So. Wish I could say the same. It's been a cold heap of mess uh, for quite some time now. Um, I think it got into the fifties the other day, and now it's back into the thirties, forties. It's supposed to get into the twenties today, so that's great. Well. I guess that's why Canada is not as good as America. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, not to open that geopolitical can of worms. Uh, on today's show, guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about a uh, few impressions from early spring training. Nothing too serious here. We're not uh, making any bold declarations or anything like that, or at least I'm not going to. Time might surprise you. Um, then we're going to talk about a uh, the shortstop position for the Mariners. Uh, heading into 2020, and uh, we got a a few spots to fill in our fantasy baseball league. We received uh, 20 entrants, and we only have eight spots to give. So we're going to play a little wheel of uh, opinion or wheel of ideals or whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, we're going to play that to uh, fill out our baseball league. So if you're interested in that, make sure you stick around to the end um, because uh, I think you're going to have to listen to know that we picked your questions. So. Sorry, uh, if you want to try and skip around and find it, I guess you can, but we're crafty. You have to listen to the whole show. So, uh, anyways, Ty. Uh, this is the tra- only way that we could get you to listen to the it's whole tr- show. It's true, it's true. Uh, yeah. I can't blame you for not listening to the whole show. The last couple have been like, I think the last three podcasts have covered five hours or something like that. So, um, yeah. yikes. <laughs> anyways, so Ty, let's get, let's get uh, right into it. So we have to- plenty of time for our... Uh, wheel of uh, opinion here um the mariners have played uh three spring training games uh one has been televised for all of seattle to see one uh-huh. has been accessible via streaming and uh, the other one has not so um just overall in general either from the games or from reports you're reading or interviews or whatever uh what's standing out to you about the spring training so far yeah rough go of it for uh for the starters uh to uh, kick everything off, you know, Marco got beat around by the Cubs. Um, Kikuchi was up and down, did show some positives, but ultimately, you know, wasn't able to finish his whole outing um, as scheduled. Um, you know, had some command issues. 
so that was a bit disappointing for the first two games of the spring. Um, but overall, you know, it's nice to have baseball back um, to, you know, see some of these younger guys get at bats against, um, you know, uh, other professional competition. Um, and we'll see as spring goes on and more veterans play more often how, you know, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to see Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Evan White, those guys face off against MLB, you know, the upper echelon of MLB talent, um, pitching wise. But, uh, so far, you know, uh, it's the same as every spring you, you got, Guys, they're showing up in the in the best shape of their life, quote unquote. Um, some have made swing changes. Some have made delivery changes. You know, Kikuchi is one of those guys that's shortened up his delivery and has now tapped into um, you know some more consistent velocity. You know, he was he was mid nineties for for most of that start. Uh, and that was really encouraging to see. It's just going to be, uh, you know, it's going to come down to command for him. You know, he averaged almost three walks last year per nine. Uh, hopefully, he can get that down a little bit. Uh, the command issues that we saw in, in in the start recently won't continue, but the uh, the consistent velocity is nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um... For Kikuchi in particular, it, it's always been about uh, command, um, and not just the walks. It's you know being able to place your fastball not in the middle of the plate to get a strike um, and things like that. And that obviously will help his walk rate. It'll help his home run rate. Um, but you know, for the first time out for Kikuchi, he didn't have really any command, um, so to speak. Uh, he was a lot better in the first inning than he was the second. But uh, yeah, you know the the fastball, the ninety five, ninety six. That's something he can carry into the spring, uh, and you know, deeper into games. Then that's a real weapon. Um, you know, it takes Kikuchi, uh, really gives him, you know, high end number three, low end number two type of stuff there, um, as opposed to when he's working, you know, ninety one, ninety two, which we saw a lot of uh, last year. So, um, you know, the stuff is still good, and it got a little bit better. Um, it's going to get a little more value out of the fastball, but he has to throw strikes. Um, so. He mentioned after the game that he's still trying to adjust to the baseball. Um, apparently, the, he said the baseballs here are drier uh, than they are in Japan. But uh, I don't know. It's that seems kind of concerning to me that you know it's been a year and you're still not used to the baseball. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, but it's the first outing. He struck out a couple guys. Uh, you know, the fastball velocity was really good, and the breaking stuff, uh, when he throws it around the strike zone, you see the kind of swings and misses he can get. So, um, you know, it's first outing. I don't want to read too much into it. Um, but, yeah, the fastball velocity is nice. And But aside from that, it's pretty much status quo for Kikuchi. It's all about command. So uh, hopefully it improves as we move on through the uh, spring. So. Uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, the starting pitchers struggling. Uh, Marco got roughed up, but uh, staff ace Kendall Graveman actually threw the ball pretty well. Uh, yeah, spring, yeah I heard. Start yesterday. Uh, yeah. Two innings, I think he struck out three guys, uh, walked one. 
Um, so that's certainly nice. And uh, Justice Sheffield apparently came in and followed up with uh, two really good innings of his own. So, um, yep. Yeah, yeah. Haven't seen Taiwan Walker yet in a game. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe you said Justin Dunn starts today's game. Yeah. Uh, which is on MLB uh, TV. You guys and then tomorrow play. is a uh, split squad day. Uh, Logan Gilbert is starting one of the games. LJ Newsom is starting the other. Nice. So, yeah. It's a fun little day right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's talk about the starting pitching, you know, fine, whatever. Uh, do you put any stock into starting pitching or any pitching performance in spring training, or is it just kind of, yeah, just guys getting their work in? I mean, uh, things like command does worry me a little bit um because i think though those kinds of struggles stick with the pitcher mentally and until he is able to overcome that i i think that that can transition into the season i know you know fresh start all that but um i think those things do stick with the pitcher um so with kikuchi i i i'd hope to see a bit of improvement with that um, as we you know get closer to the season, plus the spring training, I don't know. It feels a lot shorter than it usually is. I don't I mean, know if that's actually true, but last but, uh, year was a little bit of a special case. They were playing in Japan, and you know they yeah. had to leave Arizona by the middle of March. So um, maybe that's why. Just recency. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously spring training or. The regular I mean, season didn't used to start until April. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the re- the regular season doesn't start, or I mean, the regular season starts in less than a month now. Yep, um, twenty nine days. Yeah, so you know, I feel like I don't know if there's you know twenty nine days. I mean, that's still practically a month's time. That's still a lot of time, but for as many starts as you know, your seventh, eighth, nine guys get. Um, and how you know few and far between these starts can get. Of of course, they have these simu- simulated games that they put their pitches in and stuff. But I just I, I feel like there isn't enough time. Yeah. Well, that's up to the players. Uh, yeah. Well, not really, but uh, you know, it's like I said, I've never been through I've never been through a major league spring training, so I'm not going to pretend to know if that's enough time or not. Um, but. We'll see. Uh, that that would be interesting to ask players. You know, how long do you need? Uh, how long do you actually need to get ready? Um, because spring yeah. training used to be longer. Well, especially for a pitcher. Yeah. Well, I I would think for a reliever, it's like you know, get me on the mound two or three times, and I'm good to go. You know, like that a guy's going to cover seventy innings at most. Does he really need two months in Arizona to get ready for that? Probably not. So. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. That, that'd be an interesting question to ask, uh, you know, guys who have been through it, veterans and, you know, obviously young guys too. I'm sure their perspective is probably different, but I'd be interested to know how much spring training they think they need. Um, you know, do they oh, think yeah. this is too much, not enough, or just right? Uh, that'd be interesting to ask. Um, so let's uh, let's move over to the offensive side of things here. Not a whole lot to report here. Again, it's it's so early. Um, we've only ha- most of us have only seen one game. I've seen, I would say, one and a half games. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm following along what's happening in spring training. Um, for example, I can tell you Tim Lopes is uh, having himself a nice little start so far. He uh, had quite a day two days ago. Um, and Dylan Moore, you know, did what Dylan Moore did. He hit a home run, uh, you know, yep. just enough to show you how much power he has. And then you're like, oh, wow, there might be something there. And then, well, maybe not, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> those two guys had a pretty good game the other day, um, so that's nice. Uh, you know, you talk about Evan White made a couple of really nice defensive plays. Um, yeah, I don't that was know, awesome. I don't know if you were watching on Sunday, uh, but I thought it was interesting. The first play Evan White has a chance to make, uh, he misses. Like, the throw from across no, the Seager. Yeah, throw from Seager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an in-between hop. Uh, Seager either needs to throw it shorter or give him a you know a short hop um, or a yeah. long hop. But still, you know, you hear Evan White, great first baseman. Oh my god! He's, and then the first ball in the dirt just skips right past him. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, but yeah, you know, obviously he makes I a think, couple nice. And then he comes back with. Two gold glove caliber plays. Yeah, so. exactly. You're just like, oh, well, I mean, yeah. there you go. So, yeah. Uh, the first one, I, I would definitely put on Seeger a lot more than White, though. Um, yeah. But still, it's just, you know, I'm pumping up this guy. I'm watching the game with a few members of my family, and, you know, they're they're Mariner fans. Um, but, you know, they're not they're not following the, the prospect scene and things like that. They're, you know, they... So I'm sitting here telling him, "Oh, Evan White, he's you know he's a great first baseman. He's probably the best defensive first baseman in the in the game right now. Yeah, he's 24, he's young, but he's going to save so many runs with his glove. And then the first <laughs> ball, like, uh, trust me, it's it it, it no no no, <laughs> I'm not lying to you. He really is that good. So, uh, but yeah, that was fun to see, man. That that diving play he made on the Greg Bird line drive. That yep, may or may not have been. I mean, I. I don't know if there's another first baseman that makes that play. Maybe Matt Olson? Nope. But maybe Freddie Freeman. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was something else. Uh let's talk about uh let's talk about the guy that I'm sure most Mariner fans are talking about. Uh let's talk about Jared Kelnick. Uh yeah. who got uh he got the start yesterday. I think he played the entire game. Um, against oh, the Brewers, uh, pretty close. He went uh, one for three, including the game tying RBI single. Um, you know, and we saw him get three at bats against uh, Texas in Sunday's game, and uh, he's pretty impressive, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you you go back to the, uh, I, I believe it was the Texas game when they were mounting some sort of comeback there in the ninth and. Yeah, he was uh, two outs, time run on base. You know, it's kind of a as high of a pressure moment as spring training can get. Right. And uh, was able to hang in there and work a walk. I thought it was a very professional at bat, especially, you know, two straight breaking balls at the end. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting decision there with... Uh, <clears throat> with the young Kalanick up there. So, um, in the first game of spring training, it's like, you know, now you're just going to throw a couple of breaking balls. You're not going to give him a fastball. I thought that was a little weird. Um, yeah. you know, and he got his pitch, he got his fastball up the middle and just missed it. Uh, right. 
that would have been pretty sweet. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know it. It was uh, it was really impressive. Still, uh, that whole day, I think he went one for one with a pair of locks. He got hit he by a pitch. Or yeah, yeah. He got he hit by a pitch. A, he got he dented a baseball with his forearm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a really good day. Uh, he his double was great. He, he fell behind zero uh, and two, uh, and then he got a slider. The guy the uh, guy tried to backdoor a slider. And he just kind of, you know, he stayed back and he just kind of flipped it into left field down the line for a double. Uh, that was a really good piece of hitting for a 20-year-old. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the walk. That was that was great uh, because, you know, I'm sitting there going, all right, just swing at anything close because this would be awesome. And, you know, he, he like you said, he got his pitch. He missed it. But uh, he didn't let that change the rest of his at-bat. He got to 3-1. He took the breaking ball. For you know, for the strike two, and he had no interest in swinging at that breaking ball. He read breaking yeah. ball right out of his hand, and he's like, "I'm not swinging at that junk," uh, you know. Mm. And then I thought for sure he was going to get a fastball at three two, and he got a breaking ball. And again, he just wasn't interested. He's nope, I'm not swinging at that. That's that's really advanced, you know. Uh, you know, plate discipline and really advanced. You know, well, especially to see that breaking ball at the top of the zone. I mean, right, you know, it, it's very a tempting. Guys, yeah, a lot of guys' eyes get big, and they swing right through that pitch, or they pop it up, or something. Um, yeah, Kelman, yeah, because you you just you see that thing kind of coming in yep. a little slower than you than you see it in the past, and then it's uh, it's right at the top of the zone, and you're thinking, oh man, I could just launch this. Yep. Uh, nope. <laughs> yep. And uh, Kelnick didn't, man. He's he's. You know, all the reports about him being very mature uh, at the plate for a 20-year-old, that all seemed to be confirmed in one game. The double was impressive. The walk was really impressive. Uh, the hit-by-pitch was scary. And then Kalnick didn't even look like it. Like He's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. A butterfly might as well have landed on his forearm. That's how it looked to him. Um, that's a that's an impressive dude. Uh but uh, I think we should also be realistic here and say that there is no chance he makes the team out of spring training. I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you had, um, I think it was Dave Sums was asking uh, Jerry DePoto, like, oh, what if he has a Ken Griffey Jr. type spring training? And Jerry was like, hey, he's still probably going to start in in uh in the minors so yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah there's no chance um i think just how we've been seeing the the playing time handed out and kind of the batting order positioning etc um i think kyle lewis right now is your your front runner yep um and jake fraley I think is the other guy. Honestly, we haven't seen a whole lot of Braden Bishop yet. And when we did see Braden Bishop, he was playing left field with Malik in the center. That was weird. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, that, it's a weird decision. It is, but also Malik was really good in center field himself last year. Uh, you know, it's crazy. We talked about it the other day. You look at Malik Smith and you go, okay, wh- what was Malik's last year defensively? And in your mind, you're like, he was okay. I mean, you remember the drop balls most. 
Um, but then you go and you look at like his outs above average. He's in the 96th percentile or whatever. Um, I mean, he, Malik's was really good last year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bishop probably, I don't know if that was just, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing with Braden Bishop. Um, I would hope that he gets to play a lot this spring. So far, it hasn't really happened. Uh, but yeah, it looks like Lewis is the right fielder. Malik Smith is going to be the center fielder. Um, and I would say Fraley's probably the left fielder, but I, I think Carlos Gonzalez is going to have a real shot at this. So, yeah. Um, you know, I hey, you got shot. a hit. He got a hit the other day. Did he? Good for him. Yeah. Because yeah. he looked really bad in his first at bat. I mean, there was <laughs> fastballs in like 93 that were being blown by him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got it slow bat slow bat there so hopefully he picks it up and uh one other thing i want to mention before we moved on uh did you see the the uh or i guess two things one of them will lead into our next conversation so let's talk about this first you see jose series catch at the wall i did not see that i saw it tweeted about but i i still yeah. haven't even seen the highlight oh yeah you should find it it's pretty good catch man he uh you know straight back in center field he gets there he actually takes his eye off the ball in arizona in the day to correct path and he leaps up and he makes a catch and it was it was a really good athletic play um but now to set up a terrible segue uh did you happen to see jp crawford's play yesterday i did see that one that that was that was pretty good uh yeah jp crawford uh dude can play some defense and that that's why he's uh you know he's gonna get almost all of the playing time at shortstop this year. Which quality transition there, Colby. Quality. It is. It is. I've been working on this. Uh, <laughs> so, which leads us to our next topic. Let's talk about the Mariner shortstop position uh, yeah. for 2020. Um, we just talked about him, JP Crawford. What is there to say? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you know, our concern last year, I remember, um, you know, when the Mariners acquired him and when he, you know, when it was clear that he was going to be the, the shortstop, um, our concern was defense. You know, in his time in Philadelphia, he had shown glimpses of being a pretty solid defender there, but had a lot of errors, just had a lot of mistakes um, overall. And he's come to Seattle and He's been really, really solid. You know, he's making highlight real plays. Uh, he's just been overall just really sturdy at the shortstop position. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, you don't see any range issues. You don't see any arm accuracy in, uh, issues. Really, nothing has raised any flags for me. And his now, you know, what has it been? He got called up in May, right? Yeah. It's been like nine nine months playing shortstop in a Mariner uniform. I mean, uh, he missed a couple of, probably about a month total with uh, right. some injuries, but yeah. So, you know, in this time now, I, I haven't seen anything that's concerned me. I think he's been excellent, and I think with what we've seen, he could be one of the better defensive shortstops, uh, not just in the American League, but in baseball. Uh, he's really been that good um so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing the improvement uh continue uh but you know the ultimately what it's going to come down to for him is the bat and you know last year 
for a time, you know, we were making the ongoing joke that he was significantly better than Gene Segura. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that was mostly because of the bat, actually. You know, he was hitting uh, like 290-something. Um, he was really good. And then, you know, I don't know if it was the injury or what have you, but things kind of fell apart there as WRC Plus ended up falling to somewhere in the 80s. I think it was like 88 to end the year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know. You know he, uh, he admitted that uh, he just kind of wore down at the end of the season. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we talked about two separate trips to the IL. Uh, he played 93 games. Um, you know, well, and then you had 31 he played from the uh, in AAA, and then three actually that he played in uh, high A ball on a rehab assignment. Uh, you know, you're looking at 127 games, uh, and he's just you know with a couple of injuries mixed in there, and he just said he he wore down. Uh, and I think the Mariners believed he did too, and they told him you know they sent him out this offseason and said you need to get stronger. Uh, you know, you need to take this more seriously. And apparently he's gone out and he's put on 10 pounds of muscle. Um, doesn't look like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still skinny as hell. Yeah, oh yeah, he's still, he's a twig, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, Have you seen it, that video of Chris Sale the other day? No. Oh god, that guy is so skinny. Is, it is man. insane how skinny that guy is. It is. JP Crawford's listed at 6'2", 180. I don't know if he's 180, man. <laughs> yeah. I think he's probably closer to 160. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, if you put on you know, some good weight, that could help tap into some power. Uh, you know, you talked about the glove. I, I think we know it's solid. Um, which, you know, it's funny because we talked about how worried we were about the glove. That was never the issue uh, until his last year in Philadelphia. Uh, his glove was always like, okay, yeah, you can count on that. Even when he was a top, you know, 10 prospect, it was, yeah, his glove is going to be really good. Um, and then his last year in Philadelphia, it was just not. And then he comes over to Seattle and, you know, Perry Hill works with him for a couple months. And then we see him and I don't know if Crawford's ever going to be like a gold glove winner at shortstop. But I mean, you feel, you feel pretty good about any ball hit over there. He's definitely going to make the routine plays. You know, 99 times, and he's going to make the spectacular play, you know, probably once, you know, once every 10 games or so. He's he's really solid over there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me now, the question all comes back to what can he give you offensively? Uh, and, you know, to his credit, he did post nearly an 11% walk rate last year. Uh, that stayed pretty consistent despite the, you know, the second half slump. Uh, he's still finding a way to help get on, get on base. Uh, you know, defense obviously base running was pretty good too. Uh, Crawford's Crawford's going to get you know probably 150 games at shortstop this year if he can handle it. Uh, he's 25 years old. It's kind of it's not make or break, but this could go a long way to securing him a spot in the Mariners' future because if he if he repeats what he did last year over the course of an entire season. That's that's fine. That's a two, you know, two and a half one player. But at that point, if you're Seattle, aren't you probably looking at other shortstop options? My question is, 
you know, given Shed Long's um, versatility, um, do you play JP at second base a little bit to see if, you know, maybe come the off season you want to go after a, a Francisco Lindor? And... I mean, you'd have to trade for Lindor still, but uh, yeah. no, I, I think I'd let Crawford, you know, sink or swim at shortstop this year because I think he can do second base, you know, I, I don't think that's something he has to learn. I think you'd already be good at it. Um, so right. I, I don't think I'd mess with that. I'd let him stay at short, uh, let Shedlong stay at second, just kind of let them grow together. And then, you know, in October you look at it and you say, okay, what's, what are we doing here? We have a full season of Shedlong at second base. We have, you know, basically two full seasons of, uh, well, one and a half seasons of, you know, J.P. Crawford. What's what's this going to look like? So I think I would hold off. But, you know, if Crawford shows that he can hit a little, uh, then I think, you know, you say, well, he's either the shortstop or the second baseman uh, in 2021, uh, depending on what you can get at short. So, um, yeah, I, I think Crawford to se- Crawford at second and Shedlong maybe in left field or third base or something like that. I think that's a possibility down the line. Uh, but I, I don't see them doing it much in uh, 2020. So, uh, right. but yeah, it's it's certainly a it's certainly an option available to, to uh, JP because I mean yeah, like you said, he's above average shortstop. He's probably a great second baseman. So, yeah. I think it's an option available to him. Um, so uh, Steamer projects uh, Crawford at 638 plate appearances, 14 home runs. Uh, 70 runs scored, 60 RBI, 8 steals, 233, 325, 373. That's uh, 91 WRC plus 2.2 F4. Uh, what do you think? Are you uh, if, is that close? And if it is, are you satisfied with that? Does that get him it another feels, year shortstop? It feels realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he might be a bit better than that. I think still, like, as long as the defense is is sound and and he's, I mean, the on base percentage there is not terrible. Um, no, yeah, About I think, average. yeah, I think that earns him another go at it next year. You know, if it's above average defense with slightly below average offensive production. Yeah. I I don't, I don't see why not, but I think offensively he'll be a bit better than that. I think he's more of a 250, 255 type of hitter. Right. Um, On base percentage, pretty much in that 325, 330 range. I think he could hit more home runs than 14 too. I think that's a bit low for him. I think he. I think with a full season, he could hit twenty. Ah, I don't know. I think he's got the bat speed to do it. I just still have a lot of questions about that swing. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. He's only twenty five. Uh, you know, he just turned twenty five a month ago. Um, so there's still plenty of time. You know, it feels crazy. J.P. Crawford was drafted in 2013 so it feels like he's you know been around for a million years but he's drafted right out of high school so he's only 25 
Uh, he's got a good, solid major league season underneath him. Um, you know, and I think there's, I think there's room for growth there. I, I, I don't know if it's 20 home runs. I think what's more likely is that it's, you know, 14 to 15 home runs and 30 doubles with, you know, handful of triples, uh, and above average defense and base running ability. I, I think, you know, there's a three win player in Crawford. I don't think we're going to get to a, a scenario where there's, you know, a four or five win season out of Crawford, but He's young enough and he's talented enough that it could happen. So uh, I don't want to rule it out completely, but I think he settles in as a nice two and a half, three win player. Um, and if that's you know your second baseman or your shortstop, that's fine. You can you can make that work. So um, you know, but aside from Crawford, there really aren't you know that many shortstop options for the Mariners. It's some of the guys we've talked about. It's you know Dylan Moore, Tim Lopes, and uh, Dee Gordon. So. Yeah, I mean, although Sam Haggerty's playing shortstop today, which I chuckle at, but I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to do it, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I think so. JP Crawford has to miss, you know, he has to go on the IL for 15 days or whatever. Uh, who's getting the majority of the work at shortstop? Do you think? I would think Dylan Moore, just mm-hmm. based off of uh, how that whole thing has gone historically. I, I still am in the boat that uh, Lopes and Moore are going to be your utility guys this year. Um, and D Gordon's not going to make the team in some form or fashion. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be Dylan Moore. Um, I think you will see Tim Lopes play some shortstop this year if he has to. And I think he can. Yeah. I think he yeah, I think he can handle that just fine. Um, yeah, well, you know, we'll have to see how it shakes out. We'll have to see who the hot hand is as well. Yeah. Um, but right now, just if I had to put money on it, I would say Dylan Moore. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the right answer. Um, you know, pretty good chance Moore makes the club. He's going to get some time around the infield, obviously, and also in the outfield. Uh, Lopes is probably second. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of like Lopes more as the, you know, coming off the bench and filling in and left and second. And sh- like, if I'm gonna ha- if I'm gonna play a guy every single day at shortstop for a couple weeks, it's it's probably it's probably Dylan Moore. Um, but you know, like like you said, if Lopes is over there, he, that's fine. He can he can certainly handle the position. And uh, you know, he's it's uh, he's proven to be a pretty good pretty good player you know it's uh uh tim lopes is and also you know dylan moore not 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 great not a starter or anything but certainly got some power and he's got some versatility uh where lopes has a lot more speed same versatility so it's uh it's a nice duo there with those two guys you don't it, i guess donnie walton is kind of the the fringe guy there um don't you mean donovan walton <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably never going to call him that. So <laughs> it's Donnie Walton to me. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think you know. So let me ask you this, and maybe you can uh, chew on it until next week for our uh, outfield preview or left field sure. preview. I don't know how we're divvying that up, but um, do you think it's possible for Tim Lopes to win a starting job out of spring training? Probably not, mm. but I mean, 
right now I'd rather throw Tim Lopes out there and you know in the outfield every day than Kyle Lewis. Um, okay. There's very little Kyle Lewis is going to do this spring to make me believe that he wouldn't greatly benefit from a month or two in AAA. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't hate it. Uh, you know, Lopes in left and Malik Smith in center, and then some kind of Fraley Bishop Gonzalez type of thing in right field. I'd I'd probably prefer that uh, with Dylan Moore obviously in there too. So, um, you know, just Kyle Lewis is the guy that I'm most concerned about on the team. I, I really think he needs to be in AAA uh, to start the year. Uh, but the Mariners seem to disagree. So um, we'll see who's right. Uh, I am, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see who's right at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, if D Gordon's on the major league team, uh, if Crawford, you know, if Crawford gets hurt and D Gordon's still on the major league team, I think he'd probably get a pretty good look at second or at shortstop too. Uh, but, you know, you already talked about, you think D Gordon's out of here by the end of spring. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's certainly a possibility. Uh, but JP Crawford is going to get 90, 95% of the work at shortstop. So anybody else really isn't that important to us right now. Okay, guys, that's going to wrap up uh, this part of the podcast. If you are sticking around and waiting for us to unveil the, uh, or to select, I should say, the eight players who will be participating in our fantasy baseball league. Uh, that will be in tomorrow's podcast. It took about an hour or so to uh, select those people. To select those people on our wheel of opinion, um, and it just didn't really seem like a good idea to put out an hour and a half podcast when so many of you aren't going to be interested in that. So if you are interested in that, uh, it will be out on tomorrow's episode. It takes about an hour. Um, if you're not interested in fantasy baseball, you don't have to listen to it. There are a few little minor Mariner things we talk about, uh, but mostly we answer a bunch of fun questions. So if you're just looking for a time killer, that could be a way to listen to it too. But if you are one of the 20 or so people who sent us a question um, to try and get into our fantasy baseball league, we will uh, unveil the eight players who made it uh, in tomorrow's podcast, not today's. Um, but you know, uh, there there is. If you are one of those eight, uh, congratulations. If you're not, stick around to the end. There is an announcement um, that uh, would require your uh, involvement to get going. So, um, again, if you're if you're not interested in fantasy baseball at all, or to hear us answer some silly questions, uh, this is the end of this week's podcast. So, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Um, please like our Facebook page. Uh, visit us at sotomojo.com where today we are talking about uh, or recently we've started to unveil our top 40 Mariners prospects. Uh, we also have an article up about five out of option spring training trade targets as well as a uh, the hidden uh, value that the Mariners have that should give them more wins than their 2019 counterparts. Uh, that's all up at the website sotomojo.com. So again, uh, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Visit our website, sotomojo.com, for Mariners news, rumors, reports out of spring training, what have you. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, at SotomojoFS, and like us on Facebook. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. So uh, from all of us here at SotomoJo, I say uh, goodbye, and I'll see you in another life. Peace out.